Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm doing great. How are you? Here we are. I'm so happy that we've arrived finally at this moment. I've been waiting all day. 2021 or the podcast? The podcast. Oh, yeah. You must want to do this. I, I wanted my day to be over. Yes. What a day <laughs> we've had. It was it was the perfect end to 2020. It was just like a trash fire day. Just crash and burn. Just whining constant. Blah. <laughs> not you and not me. The kids. Oh, no. We yeah. never whine. No, no. We I ne- certainly don't. I know someone else next to me who might. Oh, really? <laughs> You've never had a bad day I've ever. never had that. Nope. Uh-uh. The next bad day will be my first. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to the 2021 edition of The Long Finish. It's episode 52 of The Long Finish. So much to talk about. We're actually still, we're in, we're in a little time warp. We're taping this on New Year's Eve night because that's what you do during a pandemic. You don't go out to parties. You tape podcasts. And that's what we're doing tonight for you. Here's the game plan. Catherine, are you ready for this? I'm so... Do you have any clue what we're doing? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, you do. I'll give you a rundown. <laughs> what we're going to do is we are going to recap Catherine's predictions, her wine predictions from 2020, evaluate how those went, what went right, what went wrong, and then we're going to do some more wine predictions, some wine predictions for 2021, throw a few ideas out there, see what sticks, and just have some fun. And we're going to drink some great wine, some vintage wine that we can get at Esther's and other places, which was one of Catherine's predictions for 2020. We'll see how that did in a moment, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight, Catherine. I'm happy about this that we're drinking tonight. It's so special and really fun. We are drinking the Terraces Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon 1996. Such a pleasure to drink old wine. I mean, 24 years old. This is 1990s Napa. The label is kind of, you know... Uh, outdated obviously the alcohol is 13.6 percent like back when cabernets were less than 15.5 out of napa it's a real fun blast from the past i'm excited just like the other night when i went to whole foods i came home and i told you that i had to stop my car and put on spotify because they played third eye blind at whole foods <laughs> i haven't heard third eye blind in a while and it's it's a good solid group some good solid music that came out of the 90s. I think a lot of people outside of rap, what rap is like universally known in, in the 90s as being outstanding. A lot of music in the 90s is sort of seen as not great, but I think you can't help but like with the, some of the songs that you heard on the radio. Oh my gosh, can you I think about our high school years and the music, Counting Crows, REM, like there's some good stuff. We watched we watched a few movies over the break, and one of them was Booksmart. We're a little behind the times. We haven't gotten updated on a lot of the movies that have come out in the last two years because of kids. But they, this isn't a spoiler. In the in the movie, they're doing a karaoke version of You Ought to Know, right? Alanis Morissette. Which do you remember how much we're digressing already? Because it's New Year's Eve in the we podcast. We get to do whatever world. we yeah, want. We're doing whatever we want. It's party time. Um, how much did that song impact? Your high school. Did it feel like it was a pretty popular song? Definitely. I mean, I can just picture rides to and from school with that song on. 
That's immediately what I think of in the car. I told you, I think during one of the winters of our high school, it snowed a lot in Virginia. And the video for Ironic was super popular because Alanis was in like every position in the car, like driving passenger and in the back. And that album, it's not like the most impactful album to me. I really like it, but like... I remember how important it was during those early high school years, for sure. So, tribute to the 90s with this wine tonight. Love it. I saw I saw her in concert. I love it. Where? Uh, it was like, uh, you'll tell me the name of it, where the Broncos play in Mile High Stadium. Mile High. Yeah, I saw mile. her at Mile High. That's cool. Yeah, it was. It's a pretty big venue for Alanis. Wow. Well, it was Dave Matthews. Oh, wow. It was Big Head Todd. Oh, wow. It was Bare Naked Ladies. What? It was a big time. I can't like imagine Alanis like hanging out backstage with like the bare naked ladies, but maybe <laughs> they're all in the hot tub. <laughs> they're the guys who wrote Big Bang Theory's like theme song. And you gotta know. I bet that would be a great scene. <laughs> all right, it's New Year's Eve. Can't wait to get this out for you all uh, for the first episode of 2021. Let's go ahead and recap what's been going on with us. As I said in the last episode, we're lucky because our four-year-old's preschool is going to school. We've been lucky to have only one key to deal with. Now we're dealing with two, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Catherine really was tired from today. Yeah, today felt like a marathon. Because you're the one who had to get up early today. I got, any day, we ter- trade off days getting up early, as you all know. And anytime you get up early, your day just automatically, it's docks points off your day. How good your day is going to be because you're just going to be more tired. And I told Tug, like, you start out your day with, or just in general, a moment with a jar full of patience, right? You only have so much patience. It's a jar full of patience and Alanis Morissette song. <laughs> I think it should be. You start your day with a jar full of patience. And I get myself a jar full of patience. That is so stupid. Anyway, um... So I have my jar. You're not even right? drunk because you're pregnant. You're not even, you know, I'm you're just not. laughing because you're so tired. Water. <laughs> um, so I've got my jar, right? You're picturing me I've with my jar now. at yep. lunch. It's pretty full. It's pretty full. But then Quinn, I try to put him down for a nap, and all the parents our listening have been here before. You're putting him down for a nap, they get up. You put them back, they get up. You put them back, they get up. So this goes on for an hour. So now my jar is half full, right? You know, I've still got it. I'm hanging in, but it's half full. And also the older kid, meanwhile, every single time I come out of the room, he's like, that's it, mom. Let's do a project together. Because that's all he wants to do is do projects, which is really, I enjoy doing them too. But I'm like, well, let's wait and see if he goes to sleep. So after an hour of this, I just gave up. I said... We're done with this. All right, let's do art. And so they wanted to paint and we did watercolor. And of course, like the little one wanted to do watercolor too. Well, that just emptied the jar in about five minutes. You can't do watercolor with a two-year-old. I mean, you can and just, you know, dump out your jar immediately. So then Tug's getting texts from me at the grocery store like, I'm done. Can't do it. Come back. The holidays are wonderful. It's a wonderful time to sort of have gratitude and be contemplative and thoughtful for the year and the year ahead. But you're doing that on top of watching the kids. Well, <laughs> my mom always my mom always likes to remind me that her mother hated Christmas. 
And I'm sure there are many other. Oh, we're getting there. there oh, we're growing a Grinch over here next to me. No. That's what I do now. Oh, come on. It is really a special time. It's magical. It's also like, you know, you're kind of at your wit's end, especially during COVID because there's no family or friends to kind of buffer it. You know what I mean? Like it just, you got, we're all in this little bubble. So it's. That makes it worse. And on top of that, to bring it back to the wine world, this is one of the busiest times of the year for retail oh shops gosh. and wine stores. So it's been extra busy this year because no one can go out to restaurants to celebrate. So everyone's buying wine as gifts, but also for themselves to uh, enjoy during their home-cooked meals. So Esther's has been quite busy. So busy. We're so lucky we have an awesome team there that is just rocking it out. But still, there's a lot going on. Anyway, don't get me wrong on any level. I absolutely would do anything for my children, and I love them. I just love also when they sleep. Oh, there's no doubt. We need sleep. That's one of the uh, predictions for 2021. Get our kids more sleep until the third kid comes and never sleeps. There's going to be like two weeks of sleep, and then it's going to be over. But all in all... We're moving on from 2020. Grateful for the holiday season. Let's get into 2021. Let's kick it off. It's a fun time because it's also my, I'm a Capricorn, so my birthday comes in into play. We keep the party going. So let's get into it now. Speaking of parties, let's celebrate oh. as the fireworks go oh, off fun. at 9 o'clock. Action here, happening. Here in California, we're celebrating the East Coast New Year's celebration. But let's talk about your predictions for wine trends last year. Now, to my knowledge, you want to say something? No, I was just going to recap them. I'm going to recap them for you. Help me out. Your wine trends were, what's going to be popular in 2020? Darker colored rosés. Your other trend would be more accessible vintage wines, correct? Yep. So let's go, let's take each one and see how we did. Darker colored rosés. What are your thoughts on that prediction? I think we made a dent in that market. I feel like just not a excessively more than the previous years, but I feel like there were more customers open to darker rosés, some customers even asking for darker rosés. In general, I saw more promotion of darker rosés in the market. So it's happening. Would I call it a trend? No. Did it happen? Were people drinking more dark rosés and open to it? Yeah. But would I say... It was a trend, no. I'm going to agree with you on that. I will say I think it might continue this year, but where I think it's analogous, love using that word, is we did see a trend, I would think we would, you would agree, in chilled reds. Massive trend. Right? Massive and trend. Chilled reds and darker colored rosés are so close. So I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and say yes. We we actually even put some of the dark rosés in the chilled rosés. <laughs> in the chill red section yeah. because they sold they sold so well and because they were so dark if i know? if i had a sound effect i would have the bell the little bell next to a, a teacher's desk go off and say yes that's correct i think that's a trend because for all intents and purposes chilled reds are darker colored rosés so i'm willing to give that the teacher's bell oh well thank you Bing. number two more accessible vintage wines what are your thoughts on that? No. There was no place and no no market to drink those. I, I don't think 
First of all, our habits completely changed in March when people were buying totally just all retail, no restaurant, totally different budgets. They're drinking more often. They want to pay less per bottle. They want bang for their buck. It was completely different drinking. Then people would buy splurge bottles, but it was not... It's not random, cool vintages of old Portuguese wine. No one had any interest in that this year. Because that's something you would be a hand sell, you know, off a restaurant list. That that was so fun to sell people at Esther's. No way. That did not happen. I'm really glad you brought this up, though, because any prediction that we make in January of 2020 is going to be unbelievably altered because of the pandemic that we experienced two months later. Of course. I don't hold you to anything happening. Oh, thank you. Although I do think the darker colored rosé has made sense. So the vintage thing, more accessible vintage wines, that to me still has legs once we get back to some sense of normalcy whenever that is, 2022, you know, who knows. But I agree with you. For the for the case of 2020 that did not happen, the jury's still out. But now, knowing that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and I think for all intents and purposes, the fact that we will probably be in some sort of cautionary lifestyle for much of 2021 regarding the pandemic. We have that filtered into our brains for how people are drinking wine. So now, I put you to the task. Here it is. Catherine, Weil, Coker's wine predictions for 2021. What are you seeing in your crystal ball? Now, some of this is going to be just a continuation of my observations of this year, which is what I just said, bang for your buck. That 20 to $40 range. People want to drink wines in that range. Of course, there's some splurges happening here or there, but in general, 20 to $40 wines. So I have to find as many different wines in that range as possible. Is there a more universal term for that? Is Would you call those entry-level wines? Like I understand you're talking about wines from a certain price point, but is there a way, I don't know, is there a more blanketed statement for those wines? I mean, you could say value wines, although I think value wines might be lower priced than that. You know, value wines are like 20 and under or 30 and under or something. But sometimes value wines implies like the quality is not as good as it could be because it's, it's prices affecting the Yeah, purchase. I don't know. I just think people are very budget conscious. Like everyone is right now. So many people have lost tons of money. So many people don't have jobs, but they still want to be able to enjoy wine. And so they have a strict budget about it. And maybe in other places, you know, it's not 20 to 40. It is 20 and under. You know, every wine store probably has their section that's really blowing up. But for us at Esther's, it's the 20 to 40. That's our customer. And it's just like nonstop in that section. I am one of those shoppers because who doesn't like to find an awesome wine at a great price? Like that never, that will never go out of style. So the fact that I think that's just a, like you said, a trend that's that will always be on trend because who doesn't want to find like a sick bottle of wine for $20? Absolutely. But what I think will be interesting is once restaurants, at least here in LA, once restaurants are open again, will people be willing to go back to what their restaurant wine budget was before? Or are they going to just still be looking always at the value wines. That's that, that's, a, that's an interesting question to me because wine drinkers are drinking more wine. And so maybe they're hopefully more savvy than they were before. 
Do you have another wine prediction for 2021? I do. And this happened because of some things that happened in our podcast this year. So you'll remember back in February, early March, we took a trip to San Francisco and we met the couple- It was at- late January as a matter of oh fact. Oh my gosh. That was a lifetime ago. Yep. And we met the couple at Bay Grape and we drank a bottle of Verjou with them, the Juju. And it's made from the green juice, the early, early picked juice of the grapes. So not very much gets converted to alcohol. It's really low alcohol. We also drank this year a Piquette and talked about that being, is that the next greatest thing in wine? That is a beverage made not from whole grapes, but grape skins, fermented grape skins with water. We also drank an awesome wine spritzer with Jordan Salcedo. Wine in a can, lower alcohol. So all of these fall into two kind of categories for me that I think are going to be trends. One, offshoots of wine. Wine in a can, Verjou, Piquette, maybe like some sort of wine hard cider, seltzer thing, wine spritzer. I don't know. I just think the offshoots of wine, people are going to get curious and get into that this year. And then two, low alcohol. More than before, I think people notice the alcohol levels will be more into drinking low ABV wines. Okay, I like that. Any other ones? Or if not, let me ask you this. Give me one varietal that you think is going to have a special year. Just to, just for fun. Even if it's like you have no idea, but maybe it's something that you want to see sh- have a light shined on itself from a varietal standpoint. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like I'm just picking up, you know. Name out of a hat. Yeah. But in that case, let's go with Chenin Blanc. It's my baby. Yeah, it's your baby. I like that actually because it's the sommelier's varietal. So people working in the wine world love to drink Shannon, sell Shannon. And it's classic. And it's classic. So I like that. You mentioned a couple things which I, which circles into the wine that we're going to drinking tonight. You mentioned the, the, the lower ABV of this Cabernet we're drinking tonight. But I want to hold on to this idea that people will continue to look for available vintage wines as the final trend. I'm putting that out as a to be determined. So let's continue that tonight and talk a little about this Cabernet from 1996. Can you reintroduce the wine for everybody and then just give a little description on the wine? Yeah, so this is, uh, the producer is the Terraces from Napa Valley, Cabernet Sauvignon Vintage 1996. And they've been around for a long, the state's been around for a long time, over 130 years. They've been growers. At one time, they were owned by Camus. When Camus owned a bunch of different stuff, they're now owned, they're now independently owned. There was a lot of Zinfandel grown there at one point. Now Cabernet is the calling card, and certainly in the 90s it was. Um, They are in Rutherford, which is kind of middle of Napa, and they're on the east side on the Vaca mountain range, kind of on the side of the hill. The um, vineyards are really terraced, as you might imagine. It's just breathtaking, really gorgeous. Tons of awesome pictures on the website if you go to their website. Now, they have a bunch of land. Some is planted to vine. A lot of it is dedicated to other life, uh, vegetables, garden. There's just like natural forest. And so they definitely believe in a not a monoculture of just having vines, which I think is 
we all agree now is healthier and better for grapes to be in a to grapes to you know just for there to be more biodiversity and that's it i mean it's a great place to visit too i've never visited but i've heard from some customers that it's fantastic to visit there and i was super excited to get this wine shall we taste it yeah let's do it so let me tell you guys last year made the prediction of the older wine because I was so excited about the New Year's tasting that we had done at Esther's featuring three decades of wine. I just thought it was so cool and people were so excited about it because people aren't drinking old wine ever. They're always drinking something fresh, mainly because of price, but also just, you know, that's the trend right now. But it was so fun to see how excited people were. And so this year we did the same thing. So I did taste this wine just a few hours earlier for that tasting, along with a white wine from Portugal from 2009 and Tampier Bandol Rosé from 2019. So let's see what's happened in the last two hours. Super dark color. My goodness. A dark, dark, dark garnet. The color gets lighter and lighter as you get closer to the rim. That's the meniscus. The meniscus is clear. That's where the wine hits the glass and then it's just a really like brownie brick orange and a little more garnet and then moving towards a really dense opaque garnet core. The wine is not clear. You can see the little bits of sediment in it and if you when you swirl the glass you see just little bits of sediment on the glass. Now this could have been decanted Still, I think you would have seen some, like it's impossible to get out this tiny amount. And as we swirl the glass, I can see there are legs there, medium, not too fat, not too thin. 13.6% alcohol seems just about right. Let's put our nose in there. I mean, the second you put your nose in there, you know it's not a young wine, right? If you're in a blind taste and you're like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. Whether or not you like it, it's like you got to think about it. So what on the nose gives you the indication that it's an older wine? I think when you have a young wine, it's about primary, really fresh, clear notes. We're about to name some things. And then there's a lot of things in between that we might not have names for. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So fruits, black plum, prune, stewed plum raisin, currant, dried, and stewy fruit. And in that stew, you've got this stewy plums with like tons of baking spices, right? Cinnamon, allspice, clove, and cedar, like a cedar box. And then with that, such a strong floral note, dried flowers, a potpourri, one of the calling cards of Cabernet Sauvignon is graphite or pencil shavings. This has that. And there's a dustiness to it, just like this old dusty earth or in a dark, dusty cellar, dried earth. Now, something you said earlier about the fruit, I think you said this to me. I said off air that it has like a, it's like a savoriness of dried skin. If you like jerky the skin, that's what it it reminds me of. Yeah. There's like a meatiness. And it's a little smoky too. Smoked meat. You feel like you're in the cellar with this one. You know, you just opened it out of the barrel. All right, let's taste it. Still the plum, but it's like tart. Tart. It's both stewy and tart at the same time. I get the graphite still. 
I get that pencil shavings on my tongue. All of the baking spices are there. That cinnamon clove. Don't really get the potpourri. Don't really get that cedar box or dusty earth quite as much, but it's more like graphite and spices on top of a really tart plum. The nose is way more complex and beautiful and revealing than the palate. And, you know, to be honest, that's true so much of the time for aged wine, especially aged wine that is on this point of like, this is, you got to drink this right now. You know what I mean? It's ready. And I would gather, I mean, I think that it was like a little more expressive a few hours ago because wine just starts to die, you know, especially old wine. The second there's oxygen, it's just going to age infinitely. Okay. Structure. This is pretty light, right? It is. It's like you, you're like, oh, this is Cabernet Sauvignon, but it's light. The tannins are still there, though. It's definitely medium, medium plus tannin because you can feel it in your gums. And I imagine just having a sip, not a ton of tannin, but after having a glass, you're feeling it in your gums. But still not like, you know, the tannins, uh, what you expect from, let's say, a 2017 Napa Cabernet. Acid, pretty decent, right? I would say like medium, medium plus. Dry. You want to have this with like a meal, you know? We'll, this, get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Two questions about vintages. First one, on how you acquired this wine. How did you get this wine and why this specific vintage? So I found the wine because I was looking for three decades of wine for this tasting and I wanted something that would be kind of the star of the show, you know? I had the Portuguese white for my 2000 to 2010 decade and I knew that would be really special but also might might not have the wow factor um just like on paper even though it might in the glass so I just reached out to a bunch of people to see what they have available and sometimes people are about to get rid of a bunch of a vintage of a wine because they know it's it has to be drunk right now which is this if this sits five more years it's just gonna kind of die you know it's not going to get that much more interesting it's good to drink right now you know it probably would have been good to drink two years ago also so they're they're selling it at a decent price and it's a great opportunity to taste wine that's old that doesn't cost you know a thousand dollars this is on the shelves for under well under a hundred dollars that's cool the other thing i'll say is or ask you is what's the best way for someone to compare slash appreciate when they're drinking a vintage wine should they open another wine of that varietal should they open uh do a vertical flight Uh, what are ways to sort of i think both of those are awesome ideas if you really wanted to make it special you could get two other vintages of terraces cabernet sauvignon let's say you do the same tasting kind of we did tonight three decades of terraces how cool would that be I'm sure they would love that from the winery. But that would be really neat to see how the winemaking has evolved, how the wine is aging, and just the comparison of the three vintages. The other thing you could do is drink a 1996 Bordeaux and a 1996 Napa Cab. That would be a really cool comparison too. You know, that was a good year for both areas. So it would have been cool. You know, in Napa, it was a cool spring. It was a warm summer and then a cool September. Talking about 1996, right? 1996. So there were 
not all the grapes made it all the way to the harvest. There were smaller bunches. There was like a reduced crop. And so everything that did make it was more potent, more powerful. Ended up being a great, a really good vintage. So it'd be cool to compare that, you know, with Bordeaux. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people, and I'm sure there, there, there are many of you out there listening that like to open a bottle of vintage wine and just enjoy it for the night. Me, what I think I'd like to do, if I was enjoying this wine, I would probably open it next to something else just to kind of see how it compared. Like you said, there's just something else from the same year, the same vintage, different varietal, or different year, same producer, or same varietal, different vintage. You know, there's many options to play with. But I think you, I think personally, for me to best understand this wine is to compare it to something else. Oh, that's my my own personal. Well, feelings. it's just because also we just don't drink enough old wine. Correct. That's, that's the correct. main thing. And someone on the tasting, in the virtual tasting tonight, was saying that she was just so shocked, kind of, by this wine because it wasn't what she expected at all. She's just like, I love Napa cabs. I don't dislike this. It's just so different. You know, it's just because it's this whole new category because. That is the beauty of wine, is how much it changes. And we are so used to drinking whatever is just fresh. And all those other hard-to-name, different, more complex, more savory flavors that come into play. And the more that the fruit sort of falls away and gives way to those other notes, we're like, where are we? (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. Because you know I don't drink a lot of Napa Cab Period. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so it's it is fun to drink this one and see see how it compares. Speaking of pairs, pairings, food pairings. I'd love to have a great flat iron steak with this. I'd love to have a big roast with this. It's not huge though, so I think you could have it with something more simple. A roast chicken would be okay, but I'm thinking more red meat. And do we have more bottles of this at Esther's? And my, that's my question. My next question is, where can someone buy this? Or where can someone go to look for vintage approachable wines? And I will say this before you answer. I think one opportunity now because of the pandemic is to, like we mentioned on a previous podcast, is to go look through restaurants lists right now and see what's possible. Absolutely. There are a lot of restaurants. Probably, but no, no better opportunity than now to do that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because they are offering, a lot of restaurants are offering their wines at discounted prices or even retail prices in some cases. And you're able to try something that they've stored properly for years that's unusual at a great price. You know, Rustic Canyon is doing some sales like that right now. But also you can go to a wine store and ask them because somebody probably has enjoyed doing what I do sometimes. Oh, I'm looking through a catalog and I'm like, why is there this 2002 wine in here? And what is that? And ask them about it. And sure, let's get a case of that. You know, just for curiosity, just to try it. So there you have it. This is the wine prediction episode for 2021. Let's go ahead and review what we think is going to happen. According to Catherine and her crystal ball for 2021, number one, Catherine, your wine prediction number one is? We got 20 to $40 wines. I wish I had a better name for that. If you have a better name for that one, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at The Long Finish. Um, affordable wines. Affordable wines yeah. continue to surge. Number yep. two? Drinks on the wine fridge. Oh, drinks on the wine fringe slash low ABV, low alcohol wines. Exactly. So wines on the fringe is 
Verjoux, Piquette, wine spritzers, and then low ABV, lower alcohol wines and friends of wine. Speaking of low alcohol wines, in the next coming uh, couple episodes, we're going to get into the alcohol, no alcohol. A non-alcoholic wine, people. A, a non-alcoholic wine for those of you who might be pregnant or know someone who's pregnant, like the person next to me. So, I thought they were all bad, but I'm telling you they're not. So get ready. So get ready for that episode. But you mentioned that the you think the varietal that will most have its moment in 2021 is Chenin Blanc. Oh, that's my wish. That's your wish. wish. And we are continuing the prognostication from 2020. And I think actually it makes sense that people will be looking into approachable, approachably priced vintage wines in 2021. And part of that has to do with the fact if you look into restaurants and their wine lists that are selling wines at discounts, take advantage of that opportunity. And that'll happen for the for as long as restaurants are in this pivot position. So use this as a positive and try to introduce yourself to some new vintage wines. I'm excited. I'm excited for I'm already excited for 2022 to review these predictions. <laughs> but here we are only beginning in 2021, which we think will be much more positive. We're all hoping, we're wishing, we're praying that we'll have some positivity for 2021. So speaking of that, let's get into the inspirations of the week. Catherine, do you have one? Do you want to go first? Sure. I'm going with this absolutely charming little book called Love Poems for People with Children. It's by the New York Times bestselling author, John Kenney, and it is a laugh out loud book. I'm telling you this now so you can get it for your loved one for Valentine's. It is hilarious. Just reading the back cover, I laughed out loud. It wouldn't be a true long finished podcast if Catherine didn't read a poem. So why don't you kick off the 2021 series of the long finish with a poem? And here we are. This is relaxing, I think to myself. On the first day of our vacation, as I hide in the men's room of a Roy Rogers at a rest stop, just off bumper to bumper I-95, while the kids continue fighting with tennis rackets in the back seat, and only five more hours to go. I don't want to leave this place, I whisper out loud. Neither do I, says the man in the next stall. I guess you should have read that, but that was, love it. You sent me many of these. I've been reading through several of these, and they're all hilarious. Seriously, I could just, like, go into the other room and flip through this. Just go on Instagram Live and recite (laughs) poems on your Instagram, okay? (laughs) Let's do that, okay? One is enough, but it's a great inspiration for anyone who's a fan of poetry or comedy or humor or, um, dare I say, bathroom reading. Fair to say? I would be in the bathroom a long time with that one. Um... All right, I'm going to go with one that's uh, it's unfortunately n- not great news, but news we found out today, New Year's Eve, as we're taping, that one of the great underground rappers passed away, MF Doom. If you're familiar, if you're not, you should check out the album. Obviously, some great stuff that never really made itself known pu- to the to the mass public, but one of the great rappers died at 49, MF Doom. He made an album in what I think is my seminal year of music, the music that changed the way I think about music, 2004. He and Mad Lib, the producer, came out with an album called Mad Villainy. 
and it's a fantastic album. If you're an appreciator of music, check out the album on Spotify, Mad Villainy. So many great songs on that album. One of my favorite rap songs of all time, Accordion is on there. All Caps is great. Not only is it a classic rap album, if you talk about it or know about it, but once you open, it's like sort of a gateway to his other albums and his other music. So shout out to MF Doom for being a creator and inspiration to so many people who listen to his music, including myself. And Hopefully I can introduce a few new people to the, the great things that he made. So sorry that he's uh, gone too soon at 49. MF Doom. I cannot wait to check that out. I, I probably know the music, but don't know, didn't know his name. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll play a little, play a little bit on the end of the uh, episode. Also, I just want to say that this book, Love Poems for People with Children, was given to me by another dear aunt, my Aunt Nancy. I have some wonderful aunts, and you'll get to know all of them. Well, I do know them. I've been married to you. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> been with you for 17 years so i do know them but if you're talking about the audience then yeah i hope they get to know them too uh and that's it it's new year's eve things are getting turnt things are lit here at the end of 2020 heading to 21 happy new year to all of you listening to the episode hope you had a great holiday season and a great start to 2021. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Facebook. You can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and Facebook. You can find The Long Finish on Twitter. I need to update it, so go there and follow it, but I will update it at TLF Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Got some great episodes lined up for the 2021 year. Hope you stay with us. Tell a friend if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show at iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. It would mean a lot to Catherine and me. Please take a second to do that. Come back next week for an all-new episode of the show episode 52 long finish will be next week so have a great start to the year have a great start to 2021 and we'll be back in touch we'll talk to you soon till then happy drinking ciao